It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. is bad it's just it's one of those big milestones where you're like oh snap okay it's like that so yeah uh <laughs> this has just been a week you come back from surgery this stuff going on trying to get the last of the christmas stuff done and we still do have some sports it's always it's gonna be a rough week just because uh basketball starting to shut it down here um there's bowl practices and stuff going on, but there's really not a ton of college football. You're going to get some pro stuff over the weekend, which is nice. It's just one of those days. It starts to slow down here. So, uh, But we're going to have a good one for you today. Brian Tonsoni from Delphi Bracketology is going to join us. Um, they just did a uh, new update this morning with all their stuff. We're going to talk to him. We'll see where they got Purdue. Are they on the uh, top seed line? How is the Big Ten looking as well? How many teams do they have in the Big Ten? I also posed to him my conundrum with uh, with Houston. Like, I understand the conference play is conference play. But I guess my question is, because we talked about this yesterday, you know, Houston's only got like three more quad one games left. Three, that's it. Purdue's got 13. So if you as Houston are what like two and one in quad one and you got three more games there, let's say you go to four and two, and Purdue, who is currently what four and zero and have they have eleven left in quad one, so it's fifteen total there. So what if you went like um, eight and seven? Is eight and seven in quad one better than four and two in quad one? What does the committee you, you think value more there? Because if they don't value the eight and seven more than the four and two, I think it's like what do we? What's the message that we're sending here? But I told you, I'm already prepared for Houston to end up with this number one seed because. Um, they will coast through the remaining part of their schedule for the most part. And uh, they'll have like two fewer wins than uh, the next team. It's just the way it's going to go. But yeah, we're going to talk to Brian about that. That'll be fun. Um, never never not fun to talk bracketology. And uh, we got a great group here in the area that takes care of that kind of stuff. So uh, hang tight. We will uh, talk to him about that. Plus, uh, Stephanie from Purdue Sports is going to be on with us here in a little bit. Uh, there are still some things that you're going to want to experience on campus. Uh, during the holiday break, so we'll talk to them. Lots of stuff to get to. The Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. You know it's always open to you. I got you covered here at 765-447-4080. That's 
4080. If you want to get in here, uh, we can definitely hook you up uh, on the Blue Fox Heating, Cooling, Hammerhead Hotline. Love to hear your thoughts. Uh, we're also going to uh, give you a definitive ranking of your Big Ten basketball teams. We know Purdue's number one. We know Minnesota's 13. What's going on in the rest of the conference here? Uh, we'll talk about that. That's all coming up right now. Let's get started with our need-to-know news. Here's your need-to-know news. All right, there's more portal news today when it pertains to your uh, Purdue Boilermakers. Uh, Branson Dean, apparently, at least not apparently, he's mentioned it on Twitter, uh, he's going into the portal. But Tom Dean heard at GoldenBlack.com reports Dean still intends to play in the bowl game. Been a significant contributor to the Boilermakers. 38 games, 26 of them starts. They'll be player number six into the portal this season. Now, safety Cam Allen took a different approach to things. He has decided to go ahead and stay for another year. He told reporters in the full reports after uh, practice today. Well, that's a significant guy staying. It's very good. It's good news for Purdue there. Boys high school hoops last night. Uh, Faith with a 69-53 W over West Central. That's back-to-back wins now. They're finally on the board, and that's a good way to head into the holiday break. They head to the Lakeland uh, Christian Tourney next week. Girls High School Hoops tonight. You got CC at Tri-West. You got Portage at Jeff. And the Faith Christian girls are going to head to North White. Big Ten Hoops uh, back at it again tonight. We've got three for you. Indiana, a almost 30-point favorite against Elon tonight. Queens University. Man, I don't know. Uh, 13-point road dog at Nebraska. Northwestern. They're a 14-point favorite tonight against UIC. Uh, Bulls are on the road at Miami. A four-point dog tonight. I saw this today. Here's a fun fact. Your Chicago sports teams right now are a combined losers of 18 straight games. Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks. 18 straight games. Now, most of that's the Blackhawks being absolutely terrible. But the Bulls have had chances. The Bears have had chances. That's rough. But uh, I saw that stat today, and I thought that was worth sharing. That is a uh, Tuesday need-to-know news. That's a little bit... A little bit light today. It is what it is. All right, uh, let's take into consideration some of our best bets for today. Last night we uh, well we hit on Green Bay, no problem there. Uh, the Donovan Mitchell and the uh, same game parlay that we hit. You want to talk about a bad beat, man? We needed what twenty eight out of him last night. He had twenty three in the middle of the third, and then didn't play the last quarter and a half because they were up so much. Had the threes knocked out. Had the spread knocked out, no problem. They got up so much that he didn't play for a whole quarter and a half. And that screwed the pooch. We might have said 25. Either way, right there was on pace. What are you going to do? <laughs> that's a tough one, man. I gave you a that, that was a That's a winning pick there. Not my fault. Utah was so bad that Mitchell didn't have to play for a quarter and a half. Ugh. That's a tough beat right there. But uh, we're going to be back at it again tonight. I like to use my friends with uh, DraftKings because uh, they will boost that same game parlay if you want to get in on the NBA action. There's no Pacers tonight. Uh, remember that those uh, Pacer bets in December, that uh, same game parlay, you can get a no-sweat bet from them uh, for every Pacer game. 
in the month of December. Just make sure you opt in before you place uh, an eligible bet. They're off tonight, but they're going to go out to Boston uh, tomorrow where they haven't won since uh, 2018. That's a rough look. They don't traditionally play well there. Uh, I was starting some prep there uh, a little bit earlier. Halliburton has been pretty darn good against them uh, the last two two games last year. I think he hit like at least three threes in both. No, it was um, he was like uh, fourteen. It was ten of fourteen, I think, shooting from three in his two games last year against them. Uh, I'll have it tomorrow, but just just something to put something to put out there. Uh, as we're looking at here tonight. Uh, again, you can get into that daily uh, boosted same-game parlay in the NBA if you like. But uh, I want to get into uh, I want to get into some college basketball tonight. Haven't been able to do that the last couple evenings because the Big Ten's been off. But we got some good stuff here tonight. Uh, let's start with that Indiana game. They are taking on Elon tonight. I had to look up what Elon was. At two and ten. All right, because uh, this isn't. Somebody's normally on the non-conference. These guys are horrific. Now, if you just look at the matchup stats, you can get fooled by this. Elon shoots 41%. They actually put up uh, 68, almost 69 points per game. They give up 73. And you look at the 2-10, and 10, and you say, all right, Jared, but yeah, these schools will often take those paychecks and go play in some bigger competition and all that, and... You know, they, they get beat up on, so maybe they're a little bit better coming out of the CAA. They're not. They're not. I uh, Check this out. Elon, 343 in Ken Palm, out of 363. So Ken Palm only has, what, 20 more teams that are worse than them? That schedule, 291 on the strength of schedule. So they're not taking on top-ranked teams. They are getting smashed by bad teams. They have two wins. Uh, some, I don't even know what Escrine is. And then uh, John and Wales? Is it like an NAIA school? Johnson in Wales in North Carolina. They won that one 101 to 69. Look, I think you're getting a focused Indiana team tonight. I know they're not going to have Xavier Johnson out there. Uh, this is a lot of points, but this is at home. Um, and, and I think the, the the talk on campus about what happened against Kansas, how they looked unengaged, I think they want to come out and make a statement tonight. So I'm actually feeling a little bit better about, uh, I think it's dipped down to 28 and a half here on some books. Um, again, Elon with just one quad one game. They're not beating anybody of consequence, and they're not coming close. I mean, they got dunked on here by 15 by Harvard. Harvard beat you by 15. You lost by 14, a high point. What? Valpo beat him 71 to 66. Come on. I I think that the uh, Hoosiers can cover tonight. I think they want to cover tonight. I think they want to send a message. I think they need to send a message here tonight. So I, I'm going to cautiously uh, take those points or lay those points tonight and take Indiana. My favorite bet of the night UConn minus 21 and a half over Georgetown. UConn's at home. Hoyas terrible. UConn shooting from three, 38%. Hitting 57% of its shots inside the arc. Meanwhile, Georgetown is allowing opponents to shoot over 35% from behind the arc and 51% inside. Georgetown 313th in preventing offensive boards. UConn 13th in offensive rebounding. They don't have the size. 
UConn's looking good. They're looking to roll. This is a team in Georgetown that even if they overlook them, they can't make them pay. They just can't. I like UConn tonight. I'll take them to cover the 21 and a half. Uh, I'm on them. And then Marquette is uh, down at Providence. They started out point and a half dogs on the road here. They've since moved to about a one-point favorite. Providence last year was that team that just, man, you didn't want to go out there. They were the heart attack kids. They won all those close matchups. It always stayed close. They just had that knack. And Al Durham would just lead them to victory somehow in the late minutes. They don't have that this year, though. They're 9-3. and three. They have just one win over a top 200 opponent this year in Ken Palm. Providence's non-conference schedule, 348. They're nowhere near being tested. Marquette, they're coming off that big win over Baylor, the 26-point beatdown. I think they're still flying high tonight, and this is a close one. But I'll go ahead and take Marquette on the road tonight. So those are my picks. I'll take Marquette on the road. I'll take UConn to cover. And even though I don't like to, I'll throw a little bit. and got have, to have a Big Ten tilt here, right? So I'll go ahead. I'll take Indiana to cover. The rest of those games tonight, like, I don't I don't know anything about Queens University, but I feel like Nebraska can cover a 13-point. They're not as terrible as you're used to seeing. They're not great, but, I mean, at least they went out there, they did something to Creighton, right? So I got to give them a little bit of credit. It's only 13 points. Eh, no, never mind. I'm staying off of that. Uh, I do feel okay about Northwestern 14 points over UIC, though. UIC eight and four. I love Northwestern because they just they play defense. Flat out play great defense. Adige, Boo Booey, they've got a lot of experience on that squad. UIC is not a, a squad that scores a ton to begin with. Uh they're just barely averaging 70 points per game. And I, I think Northwestern can hold them into the uh, maybe upper 50s tonight. Why not? So, yeah, that's I, I'm on them. I mean, come on, they held, like, what, Michigan State got held to 63. They held DePaul to 45 over the, uh, over the weekend. That was a big win for them, won by double digits. When are you going to start believing in Northwestern? Six and four against the spread. And not only are they beating the teams they're supposed to beat, but they're beating them by the margins they're supposed to beat them by. I'll go and take Northwestern tonight against the UIC Flames, and I'll lay the 14 there. There you go. That's what I do in the Big Ten. In fact, I think I feel like I almost like the Northwestern cover a little bit more than the IU one, just because it's darn near 30. But again, that's that Elon team is so bad. I'll probably just parlay them both. We'll throw a half a unit on it. We'll see what happens. All right, we're going to take a break. Brian Tonsoni is coming up next from Delphi Bracketology. We'll see what the data is telling him in his group coming up next. And then a little bit later on, we are power ranking the top teams in the Big Ten. It is murky in the middle. We'll try to get some clarity, and we'll take your thoughts on that as well. Blue Vox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. You can always text in at 765-447-4080. Brian Tonsoni next right here on the Hammerdown Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Over to our Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline we go. Brian Tonsoni from Delphi Bracketology is on with us. A great group of uh, of high school students and uh, mentors that 
uh, every year they project out this uh, NCAA basketball field for you. They've been very successful in the past as well, and uh, it's always great to catch up with Brian. Uh, Brian, welcome back to the show here. Last time we talked, we were awaiting the net rankings. You guys were making some estimates, but we needed the net rankings. Now, you guys have that data now uh, for the last couple of weeks. So how has it been for you guys kind of sifting through that data and matching that up to what you guys initially had in the preseason? Well, first of all, thanks uh, for having us on or having me on. And it's always good to talk basketball. The net rankings are out. And, Jared, it's still still early. You know, there's a lot of um, uh, nuances uh, that that make the decision-making kind of tight. Uh, Our first 10, 12 teams that we decided this morning at our meeting are all very close. You could probably flip a coin and move someone up a seed line, down a seed line. But – uh, the, the net is out, uh, and our top four seeds are, are one, three, six, and eight in the net. And then you have uh, the other single-digit seeds in the number two and three slots. So the, the net has its flaws, uh, but it, it does, for the most part, uh, I think, separate uh, the teams. And then it always does a good job of separating those teams for the quad one wins and the quad two wins, which the NCAA tournament looks at uh, quite a bit. And so you find teams like Purdue, Connecticut, Kansas, and Arizona all have four or five quad one wins, uh, and, and those teams move to the top. So it, it's nice to have that out so you can actually uh, talk the talk uh, and, and start to separating these teams. But it's still still extremely early uh, to, to say for certain this is where teams are going to be. So you do have Purdue on a one-seed line as of right now, Correct. Correct. We have them as uh, – they're three in the net. Uh, we have them – you could either have them the one overall seed or the number two seed uh, w- with their results so far. Uh, so it's Connecticut, Purdue, Kansas, and Arizona is what we decided this morning, uh, all on the one seed line. Yeah, Arizona, uh, eight in the net, four and one in that quad one. No quad two games here. Uh, we're talking with Brian Tonsoni from Delphi Bracketology here on the Hammerhead Hotline. I want to talk to you a little bit about these quad one games, quad two games. Um, these are determined based on a, uh, a ranking in the nets, whether you're playing home, away, or on a neutral court. This is how they decide these opponents. How important is quad one exactly to uh, everything here? And is it more important to play more quad one games or to have a better record in quad one? Like, Here's, here's what I'm getting at is uh, everybody's going to love Houston. But the problem with the Houston Krugers going or forward is going to be that they only play two more quad one games, whereas a Purdue plays 11. I think Kansas has another 13 of those. How does the committee balance something like that out? If you're only going to have, uh, was it so, uh, f- uh, four for uh, uh, Arizona. So if you only have six quad one games versus playing like 15, uh, I mean, how important does the record become and uh, versus, like, how many of these games they have played? How, how does that balance out, have you seen in the past? Yeah, in, in the past, I think quantity matters. Uh, the more wins you get, the better. But I also think the committee takes into uh, account those teams like Houston whose opportunities aren't there and might look at winning percentage within a quad one or winning percentage within quad one and two. And we've started to do that a little bit more with our group too, it's easy to get caught up in the, the pure numbers. Uh, but Houston at number two in the net, uh, at, at three and one, they've won 75%. And where that comes into play too is you have a team that has 12 quad one games and they go two and 10. Uh, they had their opportunities, but they really didn't win them. 
that too might be better than a, a you know uh, some teams uh, at the back end for selection purposes, but your your winning percentage in there might not be as good as someone who say had four opportunities and went two and two. And so when we're comparing that, you know, 10, 11 seed line, uh, quantity might not be the only uh, determining factor. And the other thing is we've kind of combined quad one and two because uh, th- those are arbitrary cutoffs. Uh, you-, you play a team at 31 in the net, that's a great team. You play them at home, that's a quad two win. Yep. That's still a good win, but in the column, it's going to go over to quad two and not quad one. So there's a lot of that that we look at, and it's not an exact science. The formula isn't, isn't uh, printed out by the NCAA to follow exactly. It's a lot of guessing uh, of what the committee members value this year versus last year. But you want to win quad one games. You want to schedule quad one games. That's your best opportunity. The Big Ten is going to have a boatload of them. Uh, so everyone in the Big Ten is going to have their opportunities. You want to get five or six or seven uh, to feel comfortable for selection, I think, uh, especially since you're going to play 10 to 15 of those types of games. So that's, uh, like I said, it's going to be what makes uh, a team like Houston so tough. Even the quad two, they only have four quad two games left, and they're 2 and 0 oh in that. I mean, 13, right. 13 of the remaining games are quad three and four, and I get somewhat arbitrary at times, but at the same time, it's like, you know, when you get in the, when it gets dicey here, it, it's, uh, you know, it, that's going to be tough come March uh, where you put them, uh, just based on, you know, the, they've been whooping up on bad uh, competition. Let, let's talk a little bit about Big Ten here. Uh, as of this morning, when you guys put together your latest projections, how many Big Ten teams you have getting in? We have nine. Um, and, and if you would have asked me that uh, a month ago before the season started, I would have said this is looking like a six or seven a team, uh, a bid league with all the talent that left. But I think, the, I think the coaches have been fantastic in this league for a long, long time, and, and they're just reloading. But we have nine, and I think that uh, has a great chance of, of holding throughout the season. Uh, we had a 12 on our board in the top 100. Uh, so you add Northwestern and, and Michigan, uh, who their net is in the 80s. Uh, so that, that kind of keeps them from consideration. Michigan's at 86. Um, Northwestern's 61 uh, in the net. And, and so we have Rutgers as the first team out. There's your 10th team. Oh. Uh, that, that, they're our first team out uh, of the tournament. We have Penn State in, Michigan State in uh, at the 10 seed line. Uh, it, it's looking good, and, and as we said with these quad one opportunities, these teams are going to get their quantity. Uh, the hope is that you don't have a bunch of teams sitting at 10 and 10 or 9 and 11 beating up on each other, and their overall record and seeding then kind of falls to where they can't make a run in the tournament. Now, Brian, if the uh, listeners want to take a look at your guys' projections, and I know you guys put out more content than just like a weekly projections, uh, you guys do little capsules and stuff, games to watch. I mean, the kids really put a lot of effort in this stuff. Uh, where can they get more of the Delphi Bracketology content? Yeah, the best place to go is uh, DelphiBracketology.com. We put out uh, a new seed list and bracket uh, with the matchups and locations today. Once uh, January comes, we're going to be putting out a lot more of those capsules uh, than we have here early in November about why we make decisions and, and key teams that are moving up and down. But DelphiBracketology.com, uh, and we love to interact with people on Twitter. Uh, our Twitter handle is at DelphiBrackets. Had a Tennessee fan. Uh, we have them as the top three seed today, and he was asking questions of why their net was so high, but we had them as a, a three seed. And we love to help people educate and entertain them uh, through the, the Twitter feed as well. 
And, and so uh, those are the two places where you can interact with us and, and find our work. Well, uh, as Purdue fans will let you know, uh, Tennessee fans do need a lot of education. They do need a lot of help and a lot of explaining, <laughs> especially when it comes to numbers. They're not so great with that stuff. That's right. Uh, so uh, I guess we can uh, we, we can all feel the pain there as uh, Big Ten fans there. So Brian Tonsoni, Delphi Bracketology again. The kids, hey, it's so much more fun than chess club, if uh, if you ask me here. They all get together and do this. No disrespect to chess club. I'm just terrible at playing it. This is much more up my alley. I think this is a great group. They do a tremendous job. Give them a follow on Twitter again. They'll give you all kinds of great information. Brian, it's always a pleasure talking some hoops with you, man. Uh, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, let us know. We'll be glad to Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Do our Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We go. Stephanie is on with us here from Purdue Sports. Uh, even though it's the holidays, we still got stuff going on, Steph. It's always great to have you here. Um, I, I know uh, wrestling's finishing up stuff today, but uh, tomorrow there is basketball. Uh, women's basketball is going to head down to A&M. This is where uh, they rescheduled this. They were going to take that trip out to Las Vegas, and then things didn't seem on the up and up. So uh, they paired off with the A&M, and they got this thing scheduled. So you can't really get out to that one. But men's basketball uh, is taking on New Orleans uh, tomorrow night, 9 p.m. It's a late start, ESPNU. And uh, I can't pick up tickets this anymore, right? We're sold out, aren't we? Yeah, that's correct. All of our men's games are sold out for the season. Um, but you are correct. They are back in Mackey Arena tomorrow night at 9 p.m. It's a late game. Um, but you can go ahead and watch that on ESPNU if you don't already have tickets. It's that simple. Okay, then we're good all the way through Christmas. Your next chance to watch uh, more action is going to be on the 29th, 5 p.m. against Florida A&M. That game uh, in Mackey for men's. Uh, it is on the Big Ten Network, and uh, bad news, right? It's sold out, isn't it? That's correct. It is sold out as well. Um, but you can watch it on the Big Ten Network, um, and again, that tips off at 5 p.m. We got women's basketball in Iowa at 9 p.m., so you get yourself a little Purdue doubleheader on the Big Ten Network as uh, they take on the Hawkeyes. And then that's it. That does it for 2022. We get back into things in 2023 on New Year's Day. Uh, wrestling's down at the uh, in Chattanooga for, I love this, it's called the Southern Scuffle, which is a great name for a wrestling tournament. But uh, your women are back in Mackey Arena. Uh, they're going to take on Wisconsin. That game on Big Ten Network, 1 p.m. on your Sunday. Great way to spend a Sunday afternoon on New Year's. Yeah, that's correct. Women's basketball versus Wisconsin on New Year's Day. Um, that's, like you said, at 1 p.m., um, we always have our ticket deals, so it's our BKC Sunday for all of our Sunday games. So all of our Boilermaker Kids Club members can get a free ticket um, when they show their T-shirt or badge on game day with um, a purchase of an adult ticket. And then um, for those games as well, we have our Celebrate Sunday package. Uh, four tickets to that game are just $20, so it comes out to 5 bucks a piece. Cool. Um, but if you're not looking to purchase four tickets, our general admission tickets are only 10 So definitely a, a fun and affordable way to come see the Boilermakers in the new year. You'll love to see it. Uh, Monday the 2nd, uh, there is uh, more uh, Purdue action, including football. Uh, they are down at the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl in Orlando, Florida. Uh, if you're still thinking about making that trip, if you're looking at the forecast and thinking, I'm, I'm not doing these single digits, you can still get tickets for this game, right? I mean, they're still available. Yeah, you definitely can. We have them available at PurdueSports.com. We have a whole uh, Citrus Bowl bowl-bound page that has all of your ticket information on there. Um, you can purchase tickets. You can look at the seating map. You can get any other information we have going on, such as our bowl festivities, um, John Purdue Club members can be part of a travel package. We also have an official tailgate party um, presented by the Purdue for Life um, organization, Foundation, so you can check that out there as well. 
Uh, and then we do want to make mention here, men's basketball against Rutgers. That is in Mackey. That is unfortunately sold out. But that does have a different start time. They moved it because of the bowl game. So it's a 7 p.m. tip-off in, in Mackey on uh, Monday the 2nd. Yep, that's right. That did get moved because of the bowl game. So you guys can uh, watch the bowl game and then come on over to Mackey or watch it on the Big Ten Network uh, when we take on Rutgers. That's simple, all right. So even though it's the holidays, still got plenty of great stuff going over there at Purdue Sports. Again, if you want ticket schedules, updates, where do we go again, Steph? PurdueSports.com. It's so simple. Hey, boiler up and uh, have a happy holiday. You too, boiler up. Got to thank Steph here for being on, as always. Tuesday, it is uh, Jared here on the Hammer Down Show. All right, uh, I want to try to get, everybody's got these power rankings out now, right? Every blog, every, every talking head's got to have their own power rankings. I guess I got to have mine, right? I was looking at some last night, I'm just like, just shaking my head like what? What? No, no. So I sat down here. I tried to crunch some numbers. I tried to see what I could do. It's a lot harder than I realized. It really is right now. I do know this, and nobody's going to argue. Number one on the list is Purdue. They get the highest net. They're the highest in Kenton Palm, undefeated, number one in the country, National Player of the Year candidate on the roster. No doubting, in the Big Ten, Purdue is coming in at number one. Number two, even here, I've got some arguments because I saw a lot of people jump to Illinois. You think Illinois is a good team? Hey, I like uh, two top ten wins. Two top 25 losses. Here's the other problem with them, though, is they're 0-2 in the conference. I can't put the number two team in the power rankings 0-2 in the co- in conference play. You just can't do it. Doesn't make any sense. So I'm out on that. I have to go with Wisconsin at number two. They're also 2-0 in conference play. Now, the Nets 46, the Ken Palms 36. Are there other teams in the Big Ten that are higher numbers than that? Absolutely. But there is one number that they're not higher in. That's strength of schedule. So not only has Wisconsin got those two wins in conference play, I like that. The losses, uh, a one-point loss to Kansas. The three-point loss at home to Wake Forest is not great. They were 7-1 and at the time, right? They were, like, they were only one-loss team. It's not like it was the bottom of the ACC, but still one you should have won at home. You beat Maryland at home. That's a that's a top 15 win. You went into uh, Carver-Hawkeye and you got a win there. I'm impressed with that. feel like they're a pretty decently well-rounded team. I don't know that they really excel in any one area. They're pretty solid defensively. They're third in the conference in, in scoring defensively it's at 60 points. So I I like them for that. I, I like them for that one reason right there. So I'm going to go ahead and put Wisconsin at number two. Again, they don't stick out stat-wise in a lot of categories. But they've been at least pretty consistent. Number three, I'll put Indiana in there. Nets at 21. Ken Palm's at 16. Ken Palm has some pretty balanced on offense and defense. But they just look so bad against Kansas. 
I got a lot of concerns, too. Now Xavier Johnson's out. I, I like the Shavino kid. I think he's got a lot of potential. Can he take over for six weeks, maybe? Can they rely on him going forward? I need to see a little bit more out of Indiana now. They're missing a major piece like that. I'm not going to fault them too much for going in and losing a Saturday game at uh, Jersey Mike's Arena. But they also got whooped. It was a 15-point beatdown. Not great. Went out to Vegas. 14 points to Arizona. Not good. Kansas. Another embarrassing loss. Maybe if they keep the Arizona-Kansas game a little bit closer, I like the body language, things at Kansas a little bit better. Maybe I put them up above Wisconsin. But they look shaky right now. They look like they're on the ropes. Lost three out of the last four. And three of those losses, again, all double digits. You got that nice win against North Carolina at home, although I'm not sold on Baycott and, and company, personally. That's just me. Whoop up on Elon tonight, Kennesaw State on the 23rd, and then they don't come back until the 5th. They're going to have Iowa, Northwestern, and Penn State. Winnable games for them, even without Xavier Johnson. But I got to see how, let's see how they look there. So I'm going to hold Indiana 3 right now. Number 4 is going to shock you. Unless you are a regular listener of the show, you know I've praised Northwestern for some time right now. Because they just play great defense. 60 in the net right now. 56 in Ken Palm. There are plenty of teams in the Big Ten that have better numbers than that. But Northwestern's got the ninth-ranked defense in the country right now. And you look at the luck quotient, too, and that's low. They're not just getting lucky. They're going out there and earning games by winning on defense. They got top 20 win over Michigan State, nearly knocked off Auburn, held them to 43 points. And that is outright impressive for them. You weren't going to expect too much out of them. And look at what they did. Auburn's got to be in the top 50 in offense. So I like that. I like what they've been able to do. Bad loss against Pitt. I got to write one off for them. But other than that, they're going out there. They're winning the games they're supposed to be winning. It's not a tre- it's not a tremendous strength of schedule. But they're also not squeaking by in those wins. Yep, seven point win at Michigan State. I believe deserves some credit. I don't care if they've got injuries. It's still going into Breslin and winning. Double-digit win DePaul, double-digit win against Prairie View, double digits against uh, Liberty, eight against Purdue, Fort Wayne would be, eh. But, I mean, that's it's filled with Georgetowns and Chicago States, but they're, they're winning double digits in all those games. i got to give them a little bit of credit. They're sitting at 8-2 and two overall, undefeated league play with just the one game. Time's going to tell on them. They get a home game against Ohio State on New Year's Day that I'm very interested to see. And then they're going to welcome in Illinois. We'll find out if they're for real. But right now, you got to give Northwestern some props here. Boo Booey, Chase Audis looking good. They've got a lot of experience on that team. I've been telling you, they're not a 
you bring them in and you walk all over them team this year. There's going to be some very good teams that go up to Northwestern and can't, you know, crack 55. And they're going to lose. There's going to be some upper-tier, upper-mediocre teams that go into Northwestern and come out of Evanston with like a 62-55 uh, a to 55 L. Wait and see. Five is actually pretty tough here because I think you've got a lot of contenders. You know, Michigan's been pretty solid. Penn State's shooting the lights out from three. Now, Ohio State, Maryland. I'll go with Illinois here. I mean, none of those teams that I listed, Maryland, Iowa, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, have two uh, top ten wins. Two losses in the top 25. The, the hard thing for me to not put Illinois a little bit higher up here is the 0-2 in conference play. Just can't do it. Got to be fair. You can't be one of the top teams, I think, in the Big Ten. Five's probably a little generous. But again, you knocked off number two Texas. Took care of number eight UCLA. Road loss to Maryland by five. Eh, that's a top 25 opponent, though. It's life in the Big Ten. I love uh, uh, the Terrence Shannon Jr. They're going to get him the ball a little bit more. He's going to continue to be a threat. A lot of freshmen. They got a lot of pieces. They're going to get it through. They'll get it together eventually here. The sooner you can play Illinois, I think the better. Here's my one problem when I put Illinois in at five. There is one stat that absolutely blows my mind here. They lead the league in turnovers. Not causing them, committing them. 15 a game. Ugh. There's just, once you get past five here and into five, like I said, you get Illinois, you get Maryland, you get Iowa, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. Teams that do one or two things pretty good and then are just marginal everywhere else. You know, I think you have this tier where it's one uh, with Purdue, Wisconsin, and more li- most likely Indiana. That's a tier. And then you draw a line. And then you can put in Northwestern for now, Illinois, Michigan, Maryland, Iowa, Penn State, Ohio State. You draw a line, and then you get down to the bottom. Rutgers plays great defense, can't score. Michigan State, injuries, yes. Brutal schedule, yes. But in those games, those brutal matchups, they're not, they've got chances to win. It's like Brian Tonsoni said earlier. You've got chances to win. You're not taking advantage of them. Nebraska, Minnesota at the bottom. Shouldn't surprise anybody. But it's a top three tier. Purdue, Wisconsin, and Indiana. Then it just gets murky in the middle. Those teams have got to do more to separate themselves. You can't be a great three-point shooting team, but also a terrible defensive shooting team. Same thing. You know, you can't be like Iowa. Hey, I score a bunch of points, uh, but I also give up the second most. You know, you can't lead the the Big Ten in scoring and then be like second or third in scoring defense. Not great. It'll sort itself out. It's early, but it's not easy at this point. It's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. 
I think you got to put one, two, and three. That's locked in. That whole middle part, good luck. You're splitting hairs at one point. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back, and uh, we'll wrap up the Hammer Down Show next. Uh, I just say this yesterday, and I know that there continues to be these, you know, it, it never looks good when you see coaches leave. You know coaches are leaving, and you look at the situation with Purdue football and what's happening with the bowl, and you see a player jump into the portal, and you hear that he's going to go to Louisville. Well, I understand where fans continue to get this, you know, there's some impropriety stuff going on. Maybe there is. I I don't have any direct evidence of that. I don't even fully know what the rules are with that. It is also fair to say that some of these guys may have made their decision the second that they heard that he was going to Louisville. But I guess the point that I would stress the most here is be patient. Two weeks ago, you flipped out on, you love Mike Bobinski, then you flipped out because the timeline wasn't moving at your pace. There weren't any great names thrown out by people, um, you know, not Mike Bobinski. It's all of us guessing. And you got all upset and you're ready to burn everything to the ground. And he turned around, he made a great hire, who then made a couple of great hires for your uh, coordinator positions. And all of a sudden, hey, look, uh, we're all great. Let's go. We're back on the train, right? And then we saw this recruiting class. And then you saw some guys starting to jump ship. And, oh, my gosh, everything is terrible. And now how many of these guys are going to go to Louisville? And now all of a sudden there's rumors that there's guys who jump ship because they want to come play for Walters. Okay. Now we're going through this thing with the portal and people are jumping in. Oh, my gosh. I guess my question is, how many times does that have to happen before you just learn to be? Just be patient. This is the portal era we live in now, baby. Let me tell you. Okay. You can fill these gaps with the portal. Just take it easy here. I see so many fans flipping out right now. Take a breath. Just let the process play out. You can't do anything else. Why worry about it? Control what you can control. Take a beat. See what Walters does, okay? Let Walters handle this stuff. It's what he's paid good money to do. Hey, that's going to do it for us. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. Big thanks to Stephanie. Big thanks to Brian Tonsoni. We'll be up uh, on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and uh, Twitter and Facebook as well. We'll see you back here tomorrow. It's National Signing Day. We'll see you back here on the Hammer Down Show.